Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, and welcome to the Runners World podcast with me, Rick Pearson. And me, Ben Hobson. And me, Jane McGuire. Today we're talking with Sam Murphy about the joys of running without your watch. Throw away technology and have more fun. What do you say, Jane? That's Is that in the joy plan, Jane? <laughs> Ooh, I say um, no. Um, no, I say this should be part of the joy plan. Um, but as you both know, and probably the listeners by now, if they've hung around for long enough, I'm a control freak, guys. I could not run without my watch. I just... Like, I'm all for running with my watch turned over, so I can't check it all the time. But I have to have it there. What about you guys? Yeah, I need to know it's there. I need to know I've got something to look back on. <laughs> what about you both? Well, for this, well, during because of this is a fantastic audio medium only, I'm going to show you both that I'm wearing a Casio. Oh, oh me too. Yeah, I'm Casioed up as well. That's the current state of play. I took, I took, I, I think last start of last year, I started running without a watch all the time. I run with it now. Um, a fair bit as in i i I back on the old i have a a a gps capable watch which i uh i do run with but i do also like just heading out with um just a casio on and i've got a whoop band i'm visually showing demonstrating that to everyone uh i've got a whoop band which i'm quite (laughs) enjoying wearing like 20 watches at both wrists (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> He's laying out his stall, isn't he? Yeah. Um, I like running with the whoop on because uh, it's not a GPS. I mean, I don't take my phone with me, so it's no GPS. It just does all the like heart rate metric stuff, like so it tells me how like effort wise what it was like. But I don't. It doesn't. I don't know how far I've gone. So it's quite. It's... I follow you on Strava, Ben. Where Where do all those? <laughs> yeah, that's so. Those are my. That's when I am running with the GPS. Watch. Oh right, okay. So I, I, I mix say. it up. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. And I, I and I treat the the without watch ones as the like doesn't matter at all, yeah. just run kind of thing. And then the ones where I'm like, actually, I need to go and do a session, or I want to like try a new route, or I have to map it out and put it into the into the watch and do all that sort of stuff. Then that's what I'll do. I think you're articulating the enlightened middle ground, which is kind of watch on certain occasions, but also the capability of going watch free. So it doesn't have to be a kind of all or nothing. Uh, affair nothing has to be all or nothing does it rick don't have to have that uh hard and fast with everything a little bit of this a little bit of that love that i think that's that's that seems to be the way forward but jane you're you're like always with the watch right never never running without the watch um yeah no i am i am i think because i have this idea in my head that if i don't do 20 miles a week i'm something's going to happen the work the, the sky will fall in or <laughs> it's like lot this is like a bit like lost Honestly, isn't it? Like... Jane's, jane's the one on, on the machine making sure the time clicker doesn't hit reach zero or whatever it is. this is a deep a deep dive into my um deluded world but yeah so i'm like if i don't have a watch on how will i know where i am on that 20 mile a week target 
there's some differing opinions in here, to be honest with you. It's divided the room, the idea of running without a watch. Um, yeah, yeah. It's been a very unexpectedly interesting experience, actually. Some people say the same thing about the Runners World podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it divides opinion and is an interesting experience. <laughs> Surprisingly interesting. Uh, I think that's it. So well, look, welcome back, Sam, to the Runners World podcast. And thanks very much for your time. It, fascinating subject. As I say, there are some pretty differing opinions. I was going to say in the studio, it sounds too professional, doesn't it? It's just like in various <laughs> rooms around the land um, <laughs> running without a watch. So from your perspective, what like what motivated giving up the watch this time? What, why did you want to go watch free? Um, well, it essentially boils down to the fact that my watch broke when I was on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> it was really one of those kind of um, deeply thought about experiments. It was very much that I was uh, I was away from home and my watch just completely died and I tried all the things that you're supposed to do like pressing all the buttons at once and holding down for seven seconds or some <laughs> precise measure and I just could not get it to come back to life so it was it was sort of forced upon me but I decided being the positive soul that I am <laughs> I decided I would sort of embrace yeah. it and see where it took me and I'd love to be able to report that since then so that was very beginning of the year it was a new year holiday so I've smashed all my pbs and never felt better <laughs> running uh I'd like to report <laughs> that to you but unfortunately that isn't the truth of the situation <laughs> well what has it been like though like, has it been has it been awful then or what well yeah I mean it, it, it's it's interesting because when I wrote my column about it I did um mentioned some research that said that when people didn't know how far they were running I think it was a 6k strange distance but it was I think it was 6k and when they didn't know how far it was they were slower and I'm afraid that I found exactly the same thing yeah. <laughs> over yeah. I've done a I've done three park runs and each one has been slower than the last hmm Interesting. So it's not, it's not really been going the, the, the way I I hoped. Um, there have been some positives for sure. Um, I, I really enjoyed, initially, I really enjoyed the freedom of uh, just setting out with no set time goal, no set distance goal, no set pace goal, just going out and running, you know, very literally by feel and just thinking, Oh, you know, at some point when I feel like it, I'll turn around and and go home. And mm. and so it takes away so much of the sort of regimentation of running that we impose upon ourselves. You know, like you you might run past a friend and not stop to talk to them because you know that's going to mess it up, isn't it? Um, so you're just sort of like, oh, I'm running, sorry. You know, just run past and. Uh, you wouldn't maybe stop to look at a nice view or to watch something happening in nature because that's going to, you know, skew all your your minutes per mile. And so, I really liked the freedom of that. But quite quickly, I found I was very directionless with my running. I didn't feel I knew how much I was doing. I, you know, uh, as a as a proud luddite that I still keep a paper training diary 
I've heard that there's some things you can do online. I think there's uh, something <laughs> Strava. Nah, that's no point. <laughs> no, of course I've been on Strava, but I've still used um, a paper training diary for ever since I, I began running. And um, and I would sort of open the diary and, and think, well, what did I do? Did I go running on Monday? I would really annoy my husband saying, what did we do to you? Did I go running on Tuesday? <laughs> And but then I might think, oh, yeah, I did go. I remember going. But where did I go? What did I do? Didn't know how long it was for. So it felt like it was just, yeah, as the old adage says, you know, that it didn't really happen because I had a recording of it. What about you guys? Have you um, experimented with the no watch? No, 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 <laughs> no. No, Sam, no I'm a control me. freak, Sam. I, the thought of not knowing how far I've gone or how long I've gone, I just... I just don't I like that. It makes me feel a bit stressed, but maybe I need to try mm. it because I feel stressed. Maybe that's a sign that I should. But I also think there are benefits to not, because I remember my first London Marathon, my watch just went mad. And I then was like, oh my God, I don't know how to function as a runner without my watch. So I 100% am on board with the, there are positives to not having it, but it stresses me out. I don't know how you've been doing this for four months. <laughs> four months. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that what I've really realized, it's kind of really um, narrowed it down or honed it down to what it is I don't, I, I, I was, you know, it was like it gave me an opportunity to to go watch free my watch breaking. It wasn't, something, you know, because initially I was like, oh God, I'm gonna have to buy another one. Started, you know, looking on my phone, looking online to sort of get one as soon as I could. And then I thought, hang on a minute, you know, this is an opportunity to to sort of escape the, the watch's you know, grip really. And um, what I've realized is it's that feedback that the watch gives you. And I don't mean feedback in the sense of you ran for 6.3 miles or that you ran an average of whatever pace. That that sort of feedback is fine because that's not judgmental feedback. That's just telling you the facts. What I really object to is the way watches now give you judgments about your performance because I just do not buy the accuracy or the efficacy of those performance judgments. So, you know, any anyone familiar with the whole unproductive thing yeah. On, on, yeah. on the brand that many of us wear, <laughs> um, you know, the, the detraining effect – I mean, really what that watch wants you to do is every time you put it on, it wants you to go out and run some hard intervals or a tempo session, and then it will tell you you've done well. It doesn't want you to do easy runs because they're unproductive. It doesn't want you to do runs where you're climbing over stiles and opening gates and running through muddy puddles because that's unproductive. So it's only going to reward you with positive feedback on a very specific type of run, and I don't believe as a coach or as a runner that, that that is is a healthy or useful feedback and i i wanted to switch that off and i'm not sure you can can you switch that off ben Nick? <laughs> ben I'm, I'm the wrong person to ask sam there's there are definitely ways you can adjust all the feedback things but i know what you mean like there is that even when you're running and it says condition and it's like minor you know not good nothing can make minus... you feel more uh, you know more sort of deflated than yeah like you're into miles 
it says condition minus four or something. Especially if it was actually feeling quite nice or something. Like you sort of went out and you were just like cruising along and you're like, actually, do you know what? I'm really enjoying this. It's quite slow. It's very slow and I'm having a lovely time. And oh, that's a nice thing. Condition minus four. Oh, come on. I was enjoying that. Yeah. And immediately you are minus four because you've been told you are. Back to your question, Sam, about if we have or if we haven't. For a long time, for probably a good year or so, I didn't have one. Because I was, because off the back of injury, I was, I was getting a bit frustrated with running just generally, and I found that the watch, and not necessarily the watch, but the subsequent uploading of data to different platforms and and that sort of side of the tech became a real burden of just having a run, especially when you're injured and you're trying to come back and you're off doing a run walk or like a mile at the most or something like that, and you you know you don't need a watch and you don't need that feedback and you don't need it going somewhere else for someone to go oh, well done for doing a mile, you know, so I just, I kind of got into, I got into the, the thing of just being like, I used to go running all the time and never had a watch on. So why, why do I feel so sort of duty bound to this now? So I just didn't, just had a, got a, got a Casio so I could do some t- to time things. Like I'm going to go out for 45 minutes, set the stopwatch, go, sort of had some ideas of routes in my head, just local area that I, you know, because you know when, how far to sort of go roughly and to come back again. So I did it for a while just off the back of that. Then I got used to it and was like, this is great. And then um, I was using them and then like sort of work gets in the way. There's a weird sort of conflict here, but like obviously the work stuff is that we get sent product to test. So I had to sort of like start testing things once I was running again. And then they sort of encroached slowly into my life. And then I then I had a GPS watch on my wrist again. And then I was <laughs> uploading, navig- and I was creating routes in Ordnance Survey maps and uploading it to the courses and tracking everything and and, all, and I was back in and it hooked me straight back in and I was uploading every single metric that I've ever produced um and now I've kind of found a middle ground where there are runs for work where I'm testing stuff or where I want to use the navigation or there is a sort of functionality and a watch that's useful and I'll take use one and then the other times I just don't I just don't bother I just go for a run yeah, that sounds like a really good happy medium that you've yeah. come with. That's funny you said you bought the Casio. I, I bought the Casio as well. And it's got the most tiny mm. screen I've ever seen <laughs> on watching. I, I can actually yeah. quite yeah. Well mine's even narrower. It's just it's about sort of two millimeters yeah. tall. I can't really oh read God, it. Guys, and then it's, it's the Casio Club. Oh, that's the one you've got. That's the one I've got. And it's, <laughs> it's got a hilarious light on it. You press the light and it lights up the sort of top left corner of the screen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. we should so make it really clear to our readers it. that we're not sponsored by Casio in any way. Not sponsored by, not, not yet. <laughs> yeah, this is not a Casio. Yeah. It'd be the weirdest running watch sponsorship, yeah. wouldn't it? <laughs> I want to make the case for watch-free running, Sam, because I actually thought you were going to be uh, a bit more uh, pro, you know, losing your watch. Hardline. Regretting this. <laughs> I think this. Ni- 95% of the runs I've done in my life have been without without a watch. Um, every PB I've set has been without a watch. Um, and I think that actually it can go the other way where a watch can set you some expectations about what you can achieve in a race or running that actually you're better than but you look at the watch and you're like, oh my God, I'm going too fast. Whereas if you, if you didn't have a watch, you just you just run and it's just much more like to feel and you can push yourself actually to a place. Maybe your watch would be telling you that you can't go. So I always encourage people to try, at least try the, the odd race without without a watch because I think it can have, it can have, all right, it can keep you honest to watch in a way that maybe if you're not running with a watch, you don't have that. But I think it can you can get more from yourself maybe without being kind of tethered to technology in that way. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point. And I think actually racing is one time 
sort of traditionally, I would I would never sort of be looking, maybe the only exception to this would be a marathon, but I would not be looking at my pace when I was racing, especially over a shorter distance, like a five or a 10K. I wouldn't be trying to keep to a specific pace. I would definitely race on feel and then use the watch afterwards just to review sort of what I'd done, what happened. Um, and I think people who are, who are trying to race to specific paces and looking at their watch all the way, I think that that's, that's quite a, you know, that's really asking a lot of yourself and it probably does have a, an overall detrimental impact on your performance because, you know, nobody's pace is, is 100% consistent all the time. You've got difference, differences, you've got twists and turns in the course, you've got slight inclines and declines, wind direction and stuff. So to try and expect, I think that's 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 really come out of us having that opportunity to look at, you know, pace calculators online and so easily say well I've done this race in this time so as I should be able to achieve x and that means I need to run 752 a mile and then you know you're looking at your watch oh my god I'm not at 752 I'm at 758 or 720 or whatever and I think that people can get very caught up in in you know being really enslaved by by those sort of pace metrics and it, yeah Rick I I kind of would have expected back in January, February that I would be, um, you know, fighting the corner a little bit more for, for watchless running. And I think it's really, it's very much about just getting those those basic sort of statistics and stuff. So, I mean, I, I've been running with Jeff uh, once a week. We've been doing a, a little session and um, it's, you know, I'm constantly saying to him, oh, how far did we go? Or like, how long did we run for? You know, he's got, he's got the drug, hasn't he? He's the one with the, <laughs> with all the data. Um, but it was quite funny because we came back last night and uh, we were just on our way back from the run. And as we just sort of came to outside the house, he said, we've done 5.96 oh my God. miles. <laughs> And, James, you know, like, no. James is not going to be able to handle this. I went, I, I went fine. I said fine. That's six miles then, and walked up the garden path. And I think probably if I'd have had a watch on my wrist that said five point nine six <laughs> yeah. miles, I'd have gone up the road and done a little U-turn and come back. Story down Story of my entire it. life, Sam. <laughs> yeah, but you see, I, I mean, I I will probably uh, I'll go ahead if I remember. By Friday, I'll be saying, Jeff, what did we do on Tuesday again? And I'll write six miles anyway, because, you know. Yeah, exactly. What, exactly. What yeah, yeah, between yeah. I don't even think the GPS is so accurate that that 0.6 or 0.4 or whatever it is that you're missing. <laughs> you could, that's probably, there's probably some wiggle room yeah. there anyway. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's interesting what you're saying as well. The other thing about it's not just the pace thing that can be sort of the the, the the constant constraint is actually if you if you get into heart rate zones with watches as well I found that that's been like a big one where you sort of like the zones that it then tells you you need to stick in or you certainly think you're prescribed to whenever you start running and as you're saying Rick with especially with races and thresholds and stuff like that um, you can you'll be running along and you might have set your maximum heart rate for like 106 170 something and, you know, if you've got your watch on and it starts telling you you're at maximum, you'll ease off mm. or something because you, your, perceive, your perception is that you're you're at threshold. Mm. So you don't want to become anaerobic and just like blow up and all this sort of stuff. Whereas if you again, if you're just out there pushing it, we had the, a really interesting tale of this was, was when we had Andy Badley on and he was telling when he set the park run record mm. and he was saying his coach was behind him with the watch and he didn't have his watch on. He was in Olympic form. He didn't have his watch on, and he was running Bushy Park. And Andy, his coach, was behind him, and he was and he was like, well, you know, keep going. The watch broke. The watch stopped working halfway round, and Andy just kept going. Yep, you're on pace. Keep going. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, and so Andy just kept on running. You know, he just and he just he he thought, wow, this is really really hard. I must be like there's something wrong or you know whatever. But he had no idea that he was running that how hard he was running, and he did yeah. it, mm. and he didn't have all that information telling him to stop because the watch wasn't working and he sets a park run world record so it's kind of there's that concept even in an even at an olympic level that you're sort of watching a, or using this training device because that's what it is it's a training device this metric but actually if once you sort of either get told differently or you don't you yeah. ignore it there's a massive amount of potential there definitely i think i mean it's a sort of slightly different example but um when you look at hydration, and I know there are monitors now for hydration, there's um, sort of skin monitors and things. And, um, you know, when um, Gabriel Selassie set the the marathon world record, you know, a few years back now, but um, they were doing studies of, of looking at, at dehydration levels in athletes at the time. And at the finish line, he was 9% dehydrated, now, we all know the, the classic 2%, you know, if you're 2% dehydrated, you know, your performance is going to really suffer. Well, I mean, if, if he'd have been wearing a monitor and it said, yeah. you know, oh, 2%, oh, we've passed four now, and now we're down to six, I mean, maybe he would have eased off and then maybe he would never have got that record. And I think, you know, we, we do need to think a little bit harder about what we're monitoring and and how much we're, hold, you know, how much we're sort of listening to all these different parameters that we're measuring because all of that is drowning out 
our own body's feedback and the more we become reliant on all of those external things to, to, to measure, then the less sort of attuned we are to our own feedback and, and the less you trust your own body's feedback as well. You might, you, like you said, Ben, you know, you might actually be feeling quite good, but your watch tells you you're minus four and suddenly you don't feel so good anymore. Well, actually, maybe I am, you know, pushing a bit much today or whatever. So I do think that we need to, I mean, it's, it's letting, you know, using the technology, but not letting it use you and, and not letting it kind of take over your running. And so I'm really glad I've done this, this sort of this break from having a watch. Um, and I must say that I haven't missed Strava. Do you think, will you, will you go back on? Is, is this, is this a sort of, are you going to make up with your watch, Sam, and get, and get back on this? Or do you feel like there's something... Well, in, I, I've got... I've, uh, I thought I'd talk to you today and see, see what I thought. I've got one in my shopping basket online. <laughs> very basic. Um, a basic one, which doesn't do all this, you know, predicting your your race performance. Your VO2 max. VO, yeah, it doesn't you, do yeah, all yeah. that. It's a very basic one. It just... It, but it is GPS, so it will tell me how far I've gone and and pace and stuff and uh and i'm just still i've got it sitting there but i'm not quite sure yet whether i'm (laughs) not quite ready yet um but i i think you know with strava i mean it's not so much that you know it's not like all the people who i would be communicating with on strava would be saying oh well you ran a bit slowly today or what's wrong but those are the judgments I think that we're kind of putting on ourselves because we know that that data is out there in in the public domain, and so it might. It's not that you've got all these horrible people saying horrible things about your running, but it's because it's out there. You feel almost a need to defend yourself if you don't run well, uh, and you know the amount of people who put was running with the dog or easy day after race. You know that we're all trying to explain why we weren't as brilliant we should have been and and I kind of don't miss that and I'm not sure that I would be going back into Strava don't do it Sam my my Garmin Connect account is completely private that's my journal of like what if I ever go out with one and I just I mean so just disconnect it from sharing your your data and then just yeah keep it as a keep it as a log but I mean I'm gonna say get the watch because I think it is in the sort of in the weapons arsenal of running things i think it is really just they are really useful just there's this bit of technology that you can wear and it tells you how fast your sort of average pace is and you know as a learning device that's fantastic don't just like judging pace and effort the only reason why i can run along and have a rough idea of what i'm doing is because i had a war watch for many years and yep, looked at you know it when, how long routes are don't you, you know how yeah far and are. knew that know that oh actually this this is a this cadence and this you know effort for, is probably about 8 30s and i'll look at my watch and it'll be roughly 8 30 and be like that's because i've worn a watch and have educated myself using yeah. that watch yeah that's interesting so jane as as, as a, a a watch slave <laughs> i'll wear that badge i'll take it so are you if you were not wearing a watch um or if you weren't looking at your watch how good do you think your own pace judgment well, is? i think i always thought it was pretty good but i've i've been wearing my watch kind of 
upside down so I can't check it as much and I was actually this rung what I'm listening to what you've said really resonates because I ran um a half marathon recently and I was running with a friend for about 10 miles and I kept looking at my watch and I was going god I'm going too quick I'm going too quick and he was saying to me but we're chatting we're you know you're having a conversation but in my head that's not my race pace I'm going too quick and if I hadn't been running with him I'd have just hung back but because because I was I was talking so I must have been fine because if I was at race pace you wouldn't be able to talk would you so then I kind of I'm like have I created this whole world in my with my watch is it a lie (laughs) is it all a lie like is my watch lying to me or was it the gps it was just going haywire and actually we were running we were running a pace that felt okay for me but my watch wasn't because it was in central london my watch was just telling me something different so do you mean i feel like racing i will i will not have a watch on in future but i don't know i don't know if i equally need to do more kind of speed stuff without a watch but then how do you know how fast you've gone (laughs) like I just can't break out of it I don't know it's one thing I was thinking about was using it just to sort of measure the length of the either the distance or the time whichever I'm I'm doing and then just review it afterwards I mean that's kind of what I've always done you know set down with the paper training diary and the watch going through going through the laps that's the traditional Murphy way I do think though because I think these days watch brands want you to wear your watch all day don't they they want you to track your sleep they want you to close rings they want you to constantly be looking at your watch and I think for me with my obsessive personality and I've, I've spoken to friends who are much faster and much better runners than me and we've all kind of agreed that actually this whole kind of mentality of keeping a watch on all the time is not good for anyone because you know athletes have off seasons athletes take their watch off and unless you're an athlete do you really need to know how well you've slept or do you just know how well you've slept well, yeah or do you just go to sleep yeah. and so, well, it makes you sleep worse doesn't it I having that thing on your for wrist. me like the whole I've never you know I don't want to name and shame apple but I've got an apple watch and I can't wear like the obsession with having to close rings and do things to make my watch happy stresses me out yeah so I don't know yeah. if as a yeah. coach whether there's you know do you advise people to take their watch off when they get in from a run or do you think there's benefits of tracking things I don't really think there's there's benefits when it's you know the way you're describing it you know it really does feel like you're saying to keep the watch happy I mean that it's real you know I used to call my my Garmin um Hal because it was like the computer that sort of started out being an ally but then became an enemy you know it was, it, it was just constantly undermining me by telling me I was you know unproductive or detraining I mean those those elite athletes you just mentioned you know if they're in their off season they've just had a fantastic uh fantastic season and then they're just winding down a bit well they're going to get that message aren't they every day training detraining and you know even at the highest um, levels of sport we've, we're all human and we're all affected by by the sort of feedback and messages we're getting and that that could be really um sort of discomforting I think for somebody at that level but I mean what I've been doing some quite fun things um so we've been doing these these hill reps and um I don't know how how sort of long they are but I can start um uh Jeff's got the watch so he's kind of doing that he just stops and I stop when he stops and then I was using a stone and 
leaving it where I got to and then going back down and then starting at the same place and then running up again and then moving the stone up a little bit if I got further or leaving it where it was and then jogging back down and then on the next rep you know so each time you're trying to sort of move the stone a little bit further up the hill so that was a good one that's nice I like that yeah yeah and you can do the same thing on a if you've got a a loop a sort of circular route if you're going to do laps of a sort of of a um of a circular route you can move move it round on each lap but you do need to know how long you've been running for if you're going to do that so you need you need the casio <laughs> you need the, you need the casio i mean i remember we used to do um, a hill session which was just you need a hill with uh, lamp posts on it but you would do to the uh, like to the lamp post yeah. walk back to the two lamp posts walk um, back yeah. to three back four back and you could do that and sort of pyramid it up and down that was a good one. Didn't need to know how far it was. It was just basically effort. You just exactly. go fast and then rest and then fast and then rest and you're up a hill and all of a sudden you're exhausted like you've been yeah. doing four times 400 plus three minutes of whatever. And actually, just, exactly. it's, yeah. it's not, it's just not as structured, but it's still, you know, that's the thing, you know, your, your, your body doesn't know what the structure of the session is it's really irrelevant it's just about did did I get pushed into this you know intensity level or did I not and how long was I in it for how much had I recovered how long had I recovered for in between you know one effort and the next and all of those things are quite arbitrary I mean that's where fartlek really comes comes from you know the idea that you respond to the terrain that you're running on so if it's a really you know difficult terrain un- uneven and you know it's traditionally done through through the sort of Scandinavian forest. So if it was difficult terrain, you'd be going much slower and then you'd find a nice ride, a nice open space, and then you'd be whizzing along and then you'd be, you know, up a, sprinting up a little hill or something. So it's very, you know, just unstructured, but still lots of effort going into it. And I think, um, you know, we can replicate that with with watchless speed training. Yeah. It was funny you were saying, um, Sam, because it really resonated with me about, when you're running watchless, I remember when I was doing this and racing watchless, and I felt sort of I was involved in some sort of noble pursuit running watchless. <laughs> but I, but I, I noticed that actually, essentially, I would ask someone during the race, "Oh, oh, do you know, do you know what time we're on?" And and you and you're saying with Jeff, you see, you're kind of passing the burden of technology onto someone else. So you're not you're not actually kind of making any kind of stand. You're just not taking responsibility. Yeah. We would never be in the same place in the course, Rick. But I would say, get your get a watch, mate. I would not help. Get. Get a watch, yeah. And, and pe- people were really nice, but I, I, they were they were absolutely entitled to be like, get an effing watch. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Rather than, rather than, I oh, mean, I'm just running free, and it's like, well, you're still actually bothered about time. So I feel like if you're doing that, then the very least you need to do is, is have a Casio because it's not fair, is it, to sort of you know. Other, just to be clear, other very cheap stopwatches yeah, are available. Get a stopwatch. <laughs> <laughs> a large stopwatch, yeah. Um, yeah, shout out Timex. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to go completely off grid is what I'm saying. And I think if you're not careful, yeah. you you can you can end up putting the responsibility for sort of metrics onto your um your, your running partner. And that's not fair either, is it? No. Yeah, I think I think sort of just to sort of to, to sum up, I suppose, where I've where I've gone through it on, on my sort of mental journey is like feeling like a sense of, you know, a honeymoon period, I guess, of feeling quite freed. And also that was partly to do with with coming off of Strava as well and not having 
Yeah, another thing to kind of look at and check and see, you know, who's done what, all that. So it was kind of quite nice to, to free myself from that. And I was like, oh, this is great. You know, I can just stop when I want. Then a sort of sudden harsh reality of a park run and a 10K, which both were like very disappointing. <laughs> and then thinking, okay, well, I think maybe I've just been training less, you know, because I haven't had such a, a, a sort of an eye, such a focused eye on what I'm doing. I think I've actually just sort of slacked off. So then I, you know, made a bit of an effort to run a bit more and then did an even worse park run. Um, and then at that point, I just thought, well, you know, I, I just feel a bit lost. I feel a bit directionless with my running. I don't have any structure. I'm not doing X number of easy runs and a speed session or whatever. So, you know, I felt like I wanted to put some structure back, but it's just coming back to a sort of a midway point rather than all the way back into measuring everything to the nth degree. I just want to have some clearer idea of what I'm doing and how I'm faring, um, but not go back to, you know, how. <laughs> You're not going to order. Maybe you should order, what is it, a trundle wheel, Sam, and you can just get out get Measure out courses, there. yeah. Measure, measure, like, go for the walks with the trundle wheel and measure those routes to the fight. The, yeah, to the I'll get the string and... out and measure it on the map. That's what, <laughs> yeah. that's what we used to do. We used to yeah, get, like, yeah, you see. Get yeah. a digital map reader where it was like a little wheel that you wheeled across the map. That was in about the 1860s, I think I did that. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, what have you got coming up this year, running wise, without a watch? Well, I've been busy writing, so I've got a new book coming out in September called Run Your Best Marathon, which is aimed at not complete beginners, as in it's not like anyone, you know, start from zero, run a marathon. It's for people who've either been running a little while and want to step up to the marathon or for people who've already done marathons but just don't feel they've quite, you know, done it justice yet, haven't quite cracked it. So it's sort of uncovering some new, new, training methods and some new advice about racing and um and sort of the psychology of racing in particular found really interesting sam thanks so much for uh, for coming on the podcast uh talking about running uh watch free the pros and and the cons and where you've arrived uh so I, I think it's, it's something that's definitely a divisive issue and one that our listeners will be interested in so thanks for your time always a pleasure thanks for having me on so that being the end of this week's Runners World podcast, a huge thanks to our guest, Sam Murphy, and to you, of course, for listening. Uh, if you've got an opinion about running with a watch or without a watch, we'd love to hear it. Um, and that's podcast at runnersworld.co.uk. You can subscribe to a newsletter, the magazine, uh, loads of different things from Runners World. Merchandise. Yeah, well, videos. You make videos now. Uh, well, you know what, Jane, it's the future. So uh, <laughs> there's all sorts of fantastic content uh, on runnersworld.com slash UK. So get in the mix. Uh, subscribe to the magazine. That's, that's a given that you'll just enjoy that. And there's just generally loads of stuff out there that we produce and make and review and test. And you should just absorb as much of it as possible because it's all fantastic. But if you only want to listen to the Runners World UK podcast, that's fine too. And you can find us on Acast, iTunes, all of the best podcast apps out there. And just subscribe and then you'll, you know, see us at the top of your feed every Tuesday or Wednesday. Every Tuesday. Tuesday. That's right, Jane. Every Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday. I'm going to go subscribe now, so do it too. <laughs> 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.